Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 88 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I have Meg Clark with me today, and we already just had so much fun already. <laughs> Meg, welcome to the show. Hello, Esty. It's just a delight to be here. Thank you. Guys, I'm so excited. You can't even see me, but I'm crowned. I'm wearing a tiara for this, and, and maybe Meg and I will tell you why. Maybe, if you behave. So let me tell you a little bit about Meg. She's a mom to three boys, one golden doodle, and a wife to Mike. She's passionate about helping women business owners make a bigger impact in their world by getting found by Google. Now, that is such a great opening line, and two, who doesn't want that? I love this. Okay, so she's an expert at connecting the dots of data to get your business found. A designer at heart, and when she had web design clients, she had a huge problem. They had great websites and no one could find them. What is the point? All of your students are like, yeah, yeah, what's the point? I don't know what the point is. So she knew SEO was the ticket to getting found online, and she traveled the digital world and learned everything she could about how it works, the things that are constant about it, and the things that change. So for all of the businesses, big and small, who are doing good work for good people, Meg is here for you to give you that megaphone, to give you as much Google juice as possible so that your small business is a big spot on the map for what you want to be known for. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this bot. Did you write this? This is so good. good. I you. love it. So your copywriting skills are obviously top notch. I love the personality. Oh, <laughs> um, so I, I want to hear, I want to hear about this journey from like graphic designer to SEO expert, but before we even go there, tell me, you're a mom to three, right? Mm -hmm. You know I'm a mom to five and, and a golden doodle, which is really important. Um, sure. And I know today you told me like your kids are home for snow day and you work with women. So maybe just talk a little bit about how, how do you make that work? Right? How do you make it work? You, you're running the business, you've got the kids, you got the golden, golden doodle, right? And the husband, like, these are all like three full-time jobs. Like I know people who just have a dog and that's their full-time job. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. Um, there is no answer. Um, my, the only answer that I have is that there's a whole lot of grace happening here. Like, like I told you, my kids are home from, for it's like a non-snow day because it's just cold here. And the school called off and I was like, all right, well, then you get to watch all the screens all day. Like, not something I would normally do, but I have to, like, I have to give myself grace and permission to do that and let them just go play Minecraft all day long because I've got to work. So I don't have any good answers is I just find time in all of the, the gaps of life and the space in between the things. And most of the time we get things done. Oftentimes the dog's left outside, the dog hasn't been fed. <laughs> we don't bring our lunches to school, you know, but there's grace for all that. I love that. I have to say, truthfully, I think that is the answer. You know, I think that part of the struggle is so many people try to be perfect in everything. So I have to get all my work done, but I also have to give my kids their full attention if they're home from school. Like you can't actually, that's not actually possible. <laughs> that's not, and, and women, um, I find men in different ways. I work with, with primarily male client base actually. Um, but the women I find the expectations they have of themselves are just, off the charts. It's like, you know that if you actually try to logically calculate all the things you're trying to do, it would take you five days to do what you think you should do in one day. 
that that's how long it should actually take. And then you wonder why you don't get it all done. And then you feel bad. And, and the answer is giving, giving yourself that grace, give yourself the space, right. you set your priorities. You have to do what you have to do. You make it work. And, and, and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, that struggle with expectation is such a, is a, such a real thing. And I have totally found that the expectations that I put on myself, literally zero people have for me. It's like no one expects the things that I expect. And so I think that's a, that's a daily hourly reminder that I have to set for myself is like, hey, say you did two out of five things. Those two things you did really well. So let's celebrate the things that you did really well and, the, and, not, and not focus on the, the negative. Totally. And it's so hard because all of social media, I woke up like this and mass media and, <laughs> and you hear every person and the one thing they do. And then you take all the one things that you hear other people do. You're like, I need to do all of those. Oh, they made like a really fancy dinner for over the weekend. You're like, I need to do that. And like, you see them, they're all dolled up. You're like, I need to be dolled up. Never mind that they look like poo for the last five days. Okay. But right. you saw them dressed up. So you just you're like, well, this is how people look. So I need to always look good and work and have all my kids in line and well taken care of and run and, 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 and you've got this like insane list. And then you wonder why you're burnt out and feel like you'd rather be dead. <laughs> it's so true. It's, it's really true. And not to mention just add on the whole self-care and wellness and exercise and eating well, because you can get really just kind of caught up in all of, and get caught up in all of it. And I think that's, um, I think that's actually one of the things that being a, an entrepreneur and all of these things kind of teach you like you really need to do a lot of ther like self-therapy and you've got to do the work within yourself to figure out priorities and where this grace is given and how like just kind of figure it all out because you if you spend so much time looking at everybody else you do feel defeated and lost and unempowered which is the opposite of how i want people to feel because there is literally no one doing all of those things. And so that self-talk and that self-work is so much of business, especially in, you know, the first few years of getting started. hundred percent, hundred percent. I actually, I'm looking, I have a little sign in my office. Um, it's a quote from Carl Jung. It says, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakens. 100%. I don't think this is what he's talking necessarily, but to me, it's like, when you look outside, you're like, I, sh I could do that. I should do that. I should do that. When you look inside, you're like, oh, this is who I am and this is what I'm capable of, and I'm awesome sauce and I can wear totally it awesome. any day I want. And I feel like you should wear it more often because every day people permission to be, to wear the tiara. Should, should we tell everybody why I'm wearing a tiara? Guys, I'm literally wearing a tiara. Um, should we tell them? Should we, yeah. should they know? They should know. So guys, I was sitting with my copywriting team and we were discussing something and I, I don't remember exactly how it came up, but basically there was a problem and I just like, you know, snap solved it and i'm sitting there, i'm like i'm the queen i'm like why don't i have a crown i'm a queen i run this place i should have a tiara like i just had one of those moments and so my copywriters surprise ordered me a tiara it got delivered to my office yesterday so i have a tiara now and i'm wearing it because i was telling meg it's about it she's like you should wear it i'm like all right so we're, we're wearing a tiara for this episode yeah it's absolutely <laughs> beautiful and they should not be saved for only queens duchesses and wedding days they should be worn no, all the time absolutely yeah. all the time so have you always been an entrepreneur Mm, great question. No, I, I went to college and um, studied, you know, communication design and graphic design. And when I graduated, it was kind of the cusp of the internet kind of taking over. And it was, it was commonplace for website for businesses to have websites. And so when I graduated, and I had www on my 
resume, I got hired. It was pretty easy to get hired to do web design. And so I worked in really cool ad agencies um, in Washington, D.C., had really fun clients. And I just, I did the ad agency thing for, gosh, 10, 10, 10 or so years. Oh, and wow. loved it. I, lo- I loved it. I loved working with different clients. I loved having, you know, different size budgets and, and really putting all of the marketing together and being a part of a creative team. All of that was just the, the bomb. But then um, I stopped that when my husband and I adopted two children from Uganda. And so when we, we had to go to Uganda for a long time. And then when we came back, it, we just, I just stopped working. I, because, you know, I had, I was a crazy worker and I worked tons of hours and that didn't really align with bringing home these two kids who didn't speak English. And then, um, so I quit. So I quit. And then I, wait, got- wait, I, I, I need, I need to pause and go back to the two kids from Uganda. We can't just sure. kind of gloss over that and keep moving. Cause that, that sounds like there's a really interesting story. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Uganda, why two were they brothers? How old were they? How did you get there? What made you decide like, if you're going to adopt that you would adopt from overseas. Like, there's a story oh here. Well, there's like a 12 hour story here. Um, but I want the two minute version. I can take, I can take the, the, the five, seven minute version. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give you the highlights. So, yeah. um, I, um, it sounds crazy, but I've always wanted, I always wanted to adopt. I, when I was in my twenties um, and early thirties, I was really into kind of saving the world. Didn't, I didn't understand why there was a water crisis. I didn't understand why, um, people were dying of not having clean water and nutrition issues and malaria. Like it's dumb that people die of malaria. It's so preventable. So I was um, I was really passionate about that and really got involved in organizations that were helping, you know, helping helping to rid the world of all their all all of their all of the bad things. And I thought for sure that being a white wealthy, you know, consider um, in comparison to everybody else wealthy yeah. white American, I could solve all of the problems, which <laughs> is absolutely not true. I, Totally, totally. So, so young, so naive. And I got involved with a lot of really, really phenomenal organizations who are doing legit, amazing, life-changing work, just purely by grace. And so I am so thankful for that. And I got involved with an orphanage in Uganda who is really changing the way adoption works. There's a lot of corruption in adoption. There's lots of negatives. There's lots, it's just bad. It's hard and it's bad. But this was an organism, this was an orphanage that was really had its heart for good and um, don't do a lot of adoptions. Anyway, they're just wonderful. And in addition to having an orphanage, they have a school, they have a health clinic, they have like um, a parenting education program. So they help young moms and young fathers be parents. And they just had a whole lot of wonderful things going on. And it got to a point where um, I had been involved with them. We were helping them raising money, like being airport drivers, because I live really close to Dulles Airport. And every time somebody would come to or from, we would we would help with the taxiing around. And they got to a point where they had a couple of kiddos um, who were two and four at the time who would do better outside the orphanage. And so 
we got our paperwork in line. And now granted, this is a three-year process, but I'm going to give you like, oh, we just did our paperwork and we flew over there and everything's fine. <laughs> three-year three -year process in 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah, that is absolutely not the case. But we went over there and um, there were these two boys who lived in the same home within the orphanage and we brought them back. They were Isaac and Joshua. They were um, two and four at the time. And now they're um, one just turned, my oldest just turned. So we are, they're 10 and 13, soon to be 11 and 13. So it's been about 10 years, nine years. Wow. That's Crazy. amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. And I'm still, and, and I'm guessing they are not white. Like how do you, oh, no, they are, they are not white. Um, do you get any like weird, oh. I'm, I'm guessing you get some weird reactions or some like obnoxious reactions. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. And, and like, and a lot of people, uh, yeah. And, and now I'm just, I have like my answers like teed up, but when they first came home, it was like, I understood like the mindset of where people were coming from, but then they just didn't get it. Like they'll say, Oh, it's so great that you adopted. How much was it? And like in front of the boys and you're like, um, <laughs> like trying to put a price tag on it. How or, much? How much did the, the, each one cost? Were they different prices? Yeah, like buy one get one free. Like what was going on? And, oh so gosh. we had, and then um, I had lots of questions of like, oh, you must be the nanny, and um, and then my, my then then when once we got home, we were home for about six months. I found out that I was pregnant, which this is a whole wow. other story. So I ended up having three boys in 18 months. And then everybody asks, oh, are they brothers? And yes, they're all brothers. And they're like, no, what I mean is like real brothers. And I'm like, they're real brothers every time. <laughs> and they're all like, did you give birth to the older two with a different man than the younger one? Like, that's what they really yeah. want to know. They and totally want like, to know. Not telling. <laughs> not figure not it out. Deal. No. And don't, and like with it, with adoption, with, with, these kids building up their identity and who they are and where they come from is like is something that you don't it, it's not so conscious when they're a biological kid but you're to like constantly saying hey you're a clerk this is your family you're a clerk forever and this is what this means and then when somebody just random person at the at target says oh like are they yours you're like yes and you're undoing all the work that i've been doing about oh building my gosh. their identity so shut up Totally. But wow. Whatever. I mean, it's, it's all part of the process. And it's like so much of like my own learning process of like all of the, all of the, all of the, just the privilege and that my assumptions and your snap judgments, it has really been such a beautiful experience for, for, for me and my, our family just to, just to understand just some of that. But yeah. That's so That's cool. I'm, I'm in awe of you, right? I, I want to give you my tiara. Pass it through the video. I, I, I don't need I it. Need, but, need you. <laughs> but you should wear it because why not? Okay. I love it. I, I will wear it all day long. <laughs> that is just amazing. Okay. I'm going to go back to the business, even though I feel like I have right. a million questions on this because this is just That's huge. Um, okay. So you quit, you take time off to, to take care of the kids, then the newborn. Then you're pregnant. Then yeah. you're pregnant. And then you're like, I'm not going back to a real job. Well, then I was like, oh my gosh, I am a total failure because being a mom to three boys, two of which didn't speak English, one of which was a complete baby is really hard. And so I was like, I really need to feel like I'm good at doing something. And I was like, I'm not good at anything. I actually 
like the only thing I felt like I could do was design. And so yeah. because of the kids and they're, I mean, it's just hard. Like everything's hard. You're tired and you're cranky and they, it's I think hard. it's so much easier to work by the way. Uh-huh. So much easier to work. Not well, even and question. You, it's like less personal. Like I really felt like just, I was doing a horrible job. And cause it was just, it was just so much. So I really like for my own sanity, I was like, I told my husband, I need to do something that I know I can do that's outside of the approval or the, like the, the approval of these little kids because I'm failing. And so I started doing um, web design for other women who were just in my same position, people who were home with their kids, who had had a, a previous career that they were great at, and then wanted to spend up spin that up either on their own or maybe some, some other sort of side hustle, but people who are in the same like position as I was. And like, I was literally doing it for like, I will pay you just please let me, let me draw. Let me do something that I can be successful at that. You're going to give me appreciation for that. I know I can like feel good about, I don't care about the money. I just want to feel good. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to do something. I want to have a grown up conversation about something other than peanut butter and jam and Legos, please. And so I think that is so relatable for so many women though. Like I really, really do. So many women go through this transition, whether they, and again, very often it's that exact journey, right? They go from employed to mom employed, if that's a term I just made it up yeah. um, to like, oh my God, my life is broken now. <laughs> like, and yeah. then it's, it's a double life. failure feeling because the societal expectations and like, to be fair, like biologically, like as women, we do carry and birth the children. So we do have a certain type of attachment and societal expectations take it even further where it's like, listen, you carry and birth the child. Obviously right. you're meant to be the primary caretaker and you're meant to be naturally fantastic at it. And if you're naturally not, then something want to do it. Yeah. And, and if you're not, then something's clearly broken in you because you should be great at it. You should be enjoying it. And you're like, no, I was kind of having more fun before. Now I'm double broken because I'm not good at this and I'm not good at being good at this. Like, right. <laughs> right. And it, it was like running up against a, a wall. And it's like, I, I love, I love it, but I also just needed something else. And I, and I so this was just, it was just, so how'd you thing. get these first clients? Did you talk to uh, friends? Like, all friends, all friends and referrals We're and just talking totally totally just like help me like a lot of times in like mom groups like little toddler play dates like hey what did you used to do before you did before you changed diapers all day and then we that's how it that's literally how it started and the it. the ringer is i would i created it was like four or five really beautiful websites for really talented people who had great products and services. And, you know, they were, in my, they were literally in my position, scraping dollars together to give to me for this web design, like, and putting all their like hopes and dreams in it. Like, yeah, I'm going to be able to have a business and sell my thing. And then I would create them this beautiful website. They would have a wonderful service, but they got no traffic. And so it was like this other layer of like disappointment and sadness for me because when I was at the agency, I worked, I was one of, you know, lots of people, like there was marketing people and there was SEO people and there was copywriters and I was just, I was just one. And so like we would, everything we launched seemed to be super successful. And I didn't, I, I didn't understand like why everything wasn't super successful once I created a beautiful website for people. I love this. This oh. is literally my soapbox in my marketing magic course. Like this is, this is literally what I say to people. Like you don't realize like an ad or a website is not a marketing strategy. Like it's, it's oh. not, 
enough and people don't because they see that just that piece. And I love that you said that. And I think that's such a, a significant piece. Also, you were a cog in the wheel. You're like, well, the wheel turns and I'm in yeah. it. So I can do this piece and the wheel will turn. And you're like, oh, oh no, wheel's, wheel's not turning. Maybe there's other pieces. <laughs> right. Right. And it was like so sad. And so here I was like, just so sad, like feeling like I was a failure and everything. Failure again. <laughs> here I am. Oh my gosh. And it was with this, this one client who was like a rock star and she's a rock star. She's awesome product, really well-priced. And I was like, darn it. I'm gonna, we're going to figure this out, girlfriend. And I, it was her site and I broke it a thousand times, but I dug into Google analytics. I dug into what, how Google works and how Google sees your site. And like, she let me just kind of experiment because it didn't matter. No one was coming to her site. And we figured out, I, it was the stepping stone to figuring out SEO and traffic and analytics and Google. And I took all of that knowledge and felt so empowered by it. And I loved being able to tell people like, Hey, it's not your business. It's not your messaging. It's not your product. It's not your prices. It's not all of the stuff that you're feeling super self-conscious about. Oftentimes you're just not taking advantage of Google and the 6 billion people that search a day. So let's help you get more traffic. And that is, it's just empowering. It's like, I want to help you help more people. So I'm like that. I help the helpers and it's brilliant. I love so. that. I love that. So when we teach marketing, it's, promotion, which is how you get people's attention. I teach it as step nine out of 10, right? So like, I think it's so important to pinpoint also what you said, which is like, you've got a great product. You've got people who need it. It's priced well. It's just a matter of attention. Cause a lot of people, they go straight for the attention, but they don't have all that stuff in the background. So guys, first foundation, listen to Meg, listen to me, make <laughs> sure you got a good thing to sell. You have people who want to buy it. It's priced. Well, it's like all that stuff is there. Then right. let's go and supercharge the attention and in comes right. money. That that's how this yeah. works. So that's what I say. I put a. I'm, that's what I say. I put a megaphone up to your business. But I love it. If business isn't a good business, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't help. You're like everybody, come. We're selling dog poo for three hundred dollars a pound. You're like, no, mm -hmm. don't don't really don't really want that. Right. Don't care. That doesn't really appeal to me. So one of the things I loved in your bio that you said is that you were able to separate the constants from the things that change. Because I know so many people, um, and I've. You know, we've had on the podcast a number of different SEO experts as well over the, over the last few years. Guys, I'm doing this for like two years. It's craziness. Um, and, uh, and there's so many nuances. And every time you think you like, you know, caught the bear, runs away. And uh, so can you break down for us, like, at least maybe just start with some of the constants. Like, what are some of the constants that people need to know about SEO and websites that, that will help them get seen when they have that amazing thing? I, I love that. And that's one of my passions in life is to, um, and passions in my business is to break down these myths of SEO because it makes SEO it can be intimidating and it can feel like you're selling snake oil, but Google, oh, I'm sorry. We you know what I just realized. We never translated guys search engine optimization. <gasps> ah! I like, I like realize like some people, someone, someone is listening. You know who you are is going, SEO. what are they talking about? What are they talking about? I wish they would translate search engine optimization which means figuring out how to get your website to be something that Google finds and shows people when they're looking for someone like you. hundred percent. Okay. So sorry. now go on. When I, I love it. I love it. And what, so when I talk about, Hey, there's lots that doesn't change with Google. 
it's it's true. Google is a business, and their 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 job is to provide a really good answer for every search query. And side note, there are six billion Google searches a day, and four million new pieces of content posted every day. So That's Google crazy. has to sort through. That's from live internet stuff. It has to, Google has to constantly sort through the internet and figure out where, what all is this new content, what does it mean, how do they categorize it, and how do they match it up for these searches? And so that's like literally their job, and it's overwhelming. It's like getting dumped, like as a mom, dumped and dumped and dumped new laundry every day. So you're constantly washing it and sorting it, and that that's their job. And so what you can do as a web owner is provide, make it easy for them to figure out who you are. Make it easy for people, for, for Google, and side note, when you're helpful for Google, you're helpful for users, figure out what you're all about. So Google cares about people spending time on your website. It's called dwell time. Like the longer you spend, the longer a user spends on your site or a site, Google, that's a signal to Google that your site is helpful, it provides value, and that it's good content. Because in the reverse, if it's not good, people are just simply going to leave. And so the things that are constant are dwell time, figuring out how long people are on your site, looking at multiple pages. Again, in Google's eyes, if people click around, if they read one blog post and they like what they see and then they read another and then they go to your services page, if they binge read your content, then you must be providing value. So they're going to they're gonna boost you higher in the search results because it makes them look better. And then the, the last one that's constant from the beginning is bounce rate. If people arrive on your site and then jet as soon as they get there, that's called bounce rate. And the idea is to keep people on your site, to spend them, for them to visit multiple pages, and then therefore will spend a lot of time on your site. And those are three really strong signals to Google. And honestly, that's what I want people to focus on for the first two or three years before you get into any of the technical stuff. Because if you provide value and you are helpful and you are telling people what they want to hear, providing them answers, then Google's going to love you and, and so are your users. I like that a lot. That explains one of the things. So when I, I teach like in our course, just very basic SEO. Um, mm -hmm. and I always say like, you want advanced SEO, you need an actual SEO expert. No, yeah. there, there's one or the other. There's basic or advanced. Basic is just like your basic meta tagging, making sure that you can be found when someone looks for you. And I give them just those basic advanced. I don't teach. I explain what it right. is. Um, but I, what I, cause my course is so you never waste money on marketing again. I hate when people come like just $1,500 and I'll get you found. I'm like, no, either it's basic and it should cost you zero. It should be included right. in the launch of your site because it's not even five minutes of work or right. it's proper SEO and it's going to be in the thousands, not 1500. So you're just getting ripped off. And that, that's kind of my goal in teaching them this, like pick your path. If you're going to go the SEO path, get a real expert, really invest in it. Otherwise make sure you at least have basic and don't pay for that. Right. Um, but one of the things I teach them is that you know, very often you search for yourself, especially if you're a personal brand and your Facebook profile or your Twitter or your LinkedIn will be on higher ranking than your site. And people are always like confused. And I was like, no, because Google doesn't look at your site as very important, but those sites are really important. So if your name shows up there, those sites are way cooler than you. You want right. to be the coolest place for people to find you. And, and I love these three things explain why, because people go on right. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, they're there much longer. So that site 
has way more credibility with Google than yours, even though yours is all about you and it has your right. name and all those things. Right. It's a hundred percent true. And so if you can, if I can help users or web entrepreneurs understand like the, just step out of themselves and look at how Google sees your site and how users see your site. Cause that's Google's job is just to understand how an outsider who doesn't know anything about you is going to navigate throughout your site. If we can think through that in a more educated way through Google's lenses, that's, that's, that's the dream. And that stuff doesn't change. Like there are lots of things that come and go. There's like two, over 200 ranking factors and a lot of them do tweak and change. But some of the big ones, the ones that really matter, you have, as a business owner, you don't need a technical guide for this. You can do this. And it's part of running a really thought out, helpful, valuable business. But here's, here's a question. I'm going to be devil's advocate for a second. You know, mm -hmm. you, you quoted a stat. Let's say that like, you know, a third of those have blogs. Right? There's an insane amount of content online. And so, you know, everyone thinks they need to have a blog. No one reads it. No one really cares. You know, no one really cares about your FAQ too much unless it's provided. Like, no one's finding you because you wrote a blog. I remember, oh my gosh, you want to laugh for a second? Let's laugh. Sure. Sitting once with someone and they're like, you know, I think that I'm done working. I think I want to do like a really easy business. Like I want to be like an Amazon seller or a blogger. If I work on that two hours a week, I could do a hundred K a year. Right. I was like, easily, Let, let's have a little chat. Let's explain what it means. Amazon seller. Like it looks really yeah. easy. It's not quite so straightforward. <laughs> If it was, everybody would be doing it. If it was, and it looks like everybody's doing it, and it looks like everybody's killing it, and they're not. I have one, I have someone who's a blogger, and she's actually very successful, and she gets cold traffic, and she does all these things, and I was like, that's so cool, and she's getting all this free stuff. She's like, I just want you to know, most of the time, all I get is like $5 or like a free hand cream. Like, that's what I get. Yeah. I totally get it. I, I, I totally get it. Well, I do want to do some devil's advocating for, especially one of the things that I love to talk about are FAQ pages because okay. of voice search. We, there's bazillions of hours of studies. There's lots of people who are, who study how we talk versus how we type. And then how does that relate to searching and voice search? Like it's a crazy statistic. Again, I get it from live live internet stats.com that all of our most of our voice searches are in questions like hey where's the nearest coffee shop what's the best face cream um what's the best pumpkin pie recipe or what are the most popular blah and so on and on and on so we speak in questions and if you have an faq that leads with the questions like what are what are this or what does this mean or what are the top five blah, like whatever your expertise is, that those will be actually be found more by Alexa and Siri and all of the other devices that we talk into. So that is I fascinating. love it because of voice search. I love this. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this.